welcome to this week's edition of the Truth Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Truth Podcast. My name is Christiana Acha and it's good to have you once again on the show. I hope you've been making the most of your time and I hope that you've been keeping safe. It's another Truth Podcast day, I'm not alone today. And we have some special guests in the house and of course my co-host, Hey Blessing. Hiya, Ify. So good to be on the show. We're here doing what we know how to do best. Um, last week, guys, we had a little glitch, and so we couldn't air everything. Well, we couldn't actually come on air and stuff, and we sincerely want to apologize to all of you, our listeners out there. We love you guys for following us, and um, we just thought it wise to still have the full package today. So in the house, we're so appreciative of our guests because it to honor us once again this week and so we have our guests in the person of Onoha Samuel Odensi and we didn't just stop there we also have another guest and so you guys yeah, should just stay right. tuned yeah and then you get a full package today yeah. so Samuel <laughs> so good to have you, have you. yeah Thank you for having me. It's yeah. um, such a pleasure and I really look forward to rewarding time with you. Thank you. That's great. We're glad to have you as well. Thank you. Okay, so today on the show, we have um, a very interesting topic that we want to talk about. Um, everyone knows that as a result of the um, current situation, we've had to resort to a lot of measures to still maintain some kind of normalcy now with regards to education um, schools have had to take on um, online schooling as a way of still continuing with the learning process so today we want to talk about school in the air we want to talk about learning online and how it works and we have guests in the house who will be talking about it and giving us a little more information on how it works Okay, so let's dive into this topic and to take us there, like I did introduce before, is Samuel Odensi. He's a professional and a multi-award winning educator. Of course, he's a teen youth coach and counselor and a young visionary whose life's mission is to impact lives. And trust me, that's what he's here to do this evening. He's an expert in learning psychology. It's good to have you yep. on the show. So drum rolls as we are leave the floor open yeah. to Mr. Samuel to tell Tell us about school in the air. What is school in the air? Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, so basically, we all know what's going on, and um, the school in the air concept is um, a shift from the traditional classroom experience that we are all used to and that we love, sitting in our classes and learning. Now, due to these um, very very unique circumstances that we have found ourselves. We have had to come up with innovative ways to still sustain learning and of course the most um, effective way to do that is to go online and um, this way we are able to reach out to learners you know prepare lessons via videos and um, so many other um, electronic outlets and then make these lessons available to these learners Okay, um, you talked about um, some online outlets, that's, that's the word you put it, or so. So what, can you tell us some of this medium you're using, or people are now using as an alternative to the traditional method you talked about? So what are these um, online mediums that you're using? Okay, in, um, interestingly, um, so many 
um, tech companies and um, educational um, institutions are coming up with um, very interesting applications like I'm sure we're all aware of um, what Microsoft is doing Microsoft Maths class Google Classroom uh, those are a few of the more technical ones but we are still also making use of the very common ones you know videos voice notes notes PowerPoint documents and just uh, um, all those um, normal ways we are used to working online normally and trying to just make them into lessons and uh, make these lessons available for learners okay they are showcased on these mediums exactly okay, that's great um how effective has school in the air been you know given the challenges we know that we face in terms of data and everything how effective has it been Okay, speaking of effectiveness, I think we would need to um, um, view it from two facets. That's from the aspect of the teaching and the aspect of the learning. Okay, now um, in educational terms, there, there is a great difference between teaching and learning. So while it's easy to make use of this um, media to teach, it becomes a different ball game when it comes to learning. How are, are the learners able to effectively assimilate lessons? Uh, that becomes the headache. So, of course, while we can say it has been largely um, successful, uh, I think we still need a little while to be able to gauge the effectiveness, mm. to see, get feedback from learners and see how much impact these lessons have been able to have on them. Yeah, and talking about feedback. Yeah shortly or like now we're yeah. going to be listening to a student you know and so just get to listen get to get an experience on how, like it how it's been, been. yeah learning online you, you you are listening to the truth podcast hello how are you doing please can i know your name and your age my name is tolu alabotinde and i'm 11 years old okay so as a student what is your favorite subject mathematics really why do you like mathematics because it's easy to learn and the only thing you need to know about mathematics is just the formula that you've got in it. Oh, that's great. Okay, so Tolua, have you been able to do any form of learning lately? And how have you been able to do this learning? Yes, I've been doing it online. Online, that's interesting. So do you use a phone or a laptop to do this online learning? A phone. Okay, so Tolua, how are you coping with this new method of learning? I'm not finding it easy, but you need to concentrate if you want to understand it. So you think it's more difficult to learn online than in class? Yes. Okay, so Tolua, what do you miss most about learning in class? My friends and some school activities. Interesting. So you miss having to interact with your friends, right? Yes, sir. You, you, you are listening to the Truth Podcast. So from the feedback we just listened to from Tolua, an 11-year-old GS2 student, she said she's not finding this new system of learning easy. Now the question is, you know, online learning is not necessarily a new concept, it has always been. So would we say, or can we say, that it's about the age range, like the lower levels of um, schools, secondary and primary school, that's where the challenges really exist. Because we know that in Nigeria we have the open university, it has always been. So online learning for the tertiary institution is not necessarily a new concept, both in Africa and other parts of the world. So why is it a challenge for the younger ones? Okay, yeah, well, in, I, I think that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, ideally, or in reality, um, the effectiveness of these online lessons um, get watered down as we go to the lower tiers of um, 
of, of school mm -hmm. okay so when we come across lower learners you find that some difficulties begin to emerge many of these learners in the lower levels are physical learners these are learners that like to be engaged you know they want to interact with their teacher okay. interact mm -hmm. with their peers I think um, we had her make mention of missing her friends yeah. so you can yeah. see that comes into play largely there's also the challenge with um, being able to handle these devices being able to work with the devices being able to work with what is being made available to them so yeah. I think um, inadvertently as the, the younger they are the more challenges they will face truly. working with online learning okay. yes okay well that's great and that's that's an eye-opener and, and it's real it's what it is because they like to interact a lot like what from what you said now um now the, I feel there is a gap really especially when you come to the between the private sector and the government sector we realize, especially in, in developing countries, there's so many. There's so many students that attend the government schools. I know in this jurisdiction we're in, we have like six major in the districts government schools, and right now they are not opportuned or exposed to this school in the air concept. So how 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 does that take basically on on educational system of country basically a developing country okay i think that that's a really huge challenge um we we in the private sector are also seeing and um unfortunately uh, we are aware of course that the government is doing a lot but i would say unfortunately they are not doing enough to um assuage the challenges that are you know that we are facing at the different levels and um so it becomes more of a challenge to true learners in the government schools because of course while the private schools are doing so much you know to try to meet up try to keep their customer base you find out that it becomes like um learners in the government schools are languishing uh, to that effect of course um the government uh, was able to um give uh, legislation to stop all forms of um, progress with the term continuation yeah. of the second term or the third term so i think that's as far as the government has gone although of course in some um, areas we hear that there are plans to start um, um lessons on tv and the likes but for now it's a real real huge gulf it's a real huge gulf between the private and the government um, tiers of education so the government is not really doing anything aside the legislation that was passed while I wouldn't say they are not doing anything, well, I would say it. they are not doing enough. And um, while we are hearing a lot of talk, um, you know, we want to see actions. Time is of the essence. We are the, the time that was um, stipulated for the third term is almost drawing to a close. So we are hoping to see actions taking place. You know, we have seen a lot of paperwork, a lot of talk, and um, but we want to see actions so that also the private school can move on and um, not be, you know, yes, forced to. Nice. Yes. Um, so what do you miss most about um, teaching or about this whole learning process what do you miss most Oh, and it's, 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 it has been a difficult time, not just for learners, for us also, you know. It's yeah, really de redefining your career as it is, you know. We are being um, challenged in so many ways to improve our IT skills. While it has its advantages, it's also, like I said, it's redefining our careers, redefining our profession. We are um, a group of individuals that also want to interact with our learners physically. But um, nonetheless, we are hoping that this is a phase that will pass and we will learn what we can learn from it and at the same time you know move on to brighter days 
Okay, indeed, we all look forward to better days ahead where life would return back to normal. So Mr. Samuel is still in the house, but want to um, listen to our other guest um, who is um, going to give us his take on this same topic. Yeah, his name is Simeon Opeoloa Sudendi, and he's currently doing his second degree at King Caesars University, Kampala, Uganda. And what's very interesting about him is that he's been like on the IT team that's been trying to connect, get lecturers on board with various online um, platforms mm -hmm. and get students, you know, connecting the whole learning thing. Online. So, yeah, and he's, of course, like I said, he's schooling in Uganda, so it's good to really hear his own view, yeah, his own take. And so, guys, just listen quickly to his contribution to this topic, School yeah. in the Air. Hello and good day. My name is Simeon Shudendi. Thank you very much for having me share my opinion and my thoughts about what the online experience, online learning experience has been so far. For me as a student, like I said, I'm Simeon Shudendi. I am a student of Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery in King Caesar University, Bunga, Kampala, Uganda. So far, I believe everyone, except for those whose habitation is beneath the rocks, those of us who live in civilization, already know what sanctions and what limit, limitations this coronavirus pandemic has you know, imposed upon everybody. And almost every government has had to respond by ensuring that places that hold crowd are shut down temporarily. Places like schools, universities, secondary schools, places of worship, things like that. Even businesses where you can, you've moved, people have moved their stuff online. So, in my in my own case, in case of my own school, we are not doing differently. We decided to engage students, or the administration decided to engage students via online learning platforms. Being a developing country comes with its own challenges, as the case may be. I have a friend who is in Italy presently, and um, everything has gone as, you know, they've not had to cut down the number of classes they've been having. In fact, he said he is always engaged from like 9 o'clock to 6, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, engaged, and they use um, these Microsoft Teams, I think, and they even had exams. They monitor them through Zoom video and then they submit, they receive and submit the questions through their um, Microsoft team that is open on their phones. That is that, you know, they developed country. But here in Uganda, it's, we are still, you know, we are still African, we are still trying to develop. Things are good, but not as good as it should be. I am in Kampala, which is the capital city. So things are fair for me compared to those who are even in the villages. What it has been so far, what the online learning experience had been so far. Initially when we started, students were afraid of what it would be like. Like some people actually resisted it. Now I am a student, like I said, but I was appointed to be on the team of those who will help lecturers set up the online learning platforms. We discussed it. What platform is better and can serve everybody 
well. At least I won't keep some people out. We looked at the limitations that could, or the problems that could arise um, from bringing or from taking lectures online. So we noted things like data, we noted things like people who have to travel back to their villages so network would be a problem. And truly, when we started the classes, these things were serious problems. So, of course, firstly, when we presented it to the students from the administration, some were afraid of the change. They said, no, 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 we're not going to have this. It won't work. It can't work. It's expensive. It's going to be, it's going to be cheating some people. ETC, things like that. So for that, some people never attended. They just boycotted the entire thing. Some have been attending. Of course, the, um, the school knows that they cannot make it compulsory. It's not compulsory. No, it's, it's mandatory. It's you should be there but if you cannot be there no one is penalizing you so there's nothing like attendance compared to my friend in italy because everyone once we're in africa you understand what can happen concerning network and costs of these things and data what it's what can happen when you're having to do things online things can be very fickle even that my friend in italy he said um they are aware of things that could go wrong so if your network goes off for more than five seconds you have to stop the paper and do it again another day so we when we started it we um students were complaining that okay we use two major platforms as a student of medicine and surgery we use zoom more some other one other faculty uses google classroom but we use zoom because you just have to explain you can't just be writing text for us you have to explain we have to see videos and we have to hear explanations and experiences from our professors and our doctors those who are teaching us so so far in my class about half of the students attend. Maybe between 30 and 50% of students attend each class. So the remaining 50%, they are just out of <laughs> out of reach. We can't just reach them. Some are on WhatsApp. We can reach them on WhatsApp, but then Zoom, they say, consumes data. They cannot attend the classes in real time. They cannot, um, they cannot really benefit from it, so they are unable to attend. Apart from those who boycotted, there are some that genuinely cannot attend. Like, they've not been on WhatsApp ever since they left school they traveled down to their villages and then where there's bad network and bad coverage the other challenges that we faced was that it's not as expressive as it will be in class i think that's obvious it's not um, you know lecturer can go to the board and draw something but here you can try that but it's the lecture is basically limited you they can share powerpoints with us share even videos with us to watch and they discuss it but it's not like it will be but it's something it's something beautiful we can't go on practical we can't have practicals people can't go on ward rounds they can't go to the hospitals all medical students were told to leave the hospitals and go home pending all undergraduate medical students postgraduates were retained but undergraduates were told to go home till the lockdown is removed then we cannot have exams of course but it's not been all bad it's been all there have been some good parts of it like work continues, you won't have to jumpstart your brain after two months of not learning at all. It's a taste of something beautiful, like, okay, we cannot see the lecturer physically, but we can experience class. It's a step forward in, in the path of um, development. That's good. And um, the good, uh, another good part of it is that attendance is not compulsory, so you can miss class and claim some legitimate reasons. And we cannot have impromptu tests and assignments to do. Well, that's how it's been for us so far. It's been beautiful. It's been somehow, but of course, it will leave some people out being a developing country. So that's my experience so far. Thank you very much for having me.
Have a good day. You, you, you are listening to the Truth Podcast. All right, guys. So that was our guest um, from East Africa, um, giving his take on how online learning is working over there. So based on what he has said, as much as it is working, and it has helped to create a system, the system, okay, made it possible for education to continue. Um, there are a lot of limitations associated with it when it comes to data, and um, it's not as expressive as the normal mode of education just as you were saying mr samuel yes indeed um, mr simeon has um, raised a lot of salient points and um i think not the least of which is the fact that we have to count our blessings you know despite the um myriad seemingly insurmountable challenges that this pandemic has brought we still yeah. we're still able to come up with them um, at least to certain degrees effective alternatives you know like i said so we don't just go and lay dormant so i think all in all we need to still be grateful for what technology is able to provide us and you know what so many educationists are doing yeah truly i picked something in particular when he was when he did the comparison about his friend in italy and they have lectures practically from 9 to 6 p.m. and they actually take attendance for those lectures. And as we all know, when it comes to the pandemic, Italy was like really hit hard, you know, with all of this. It just goes to show that we in Africa, because many people do their masters online, many courses yeah, it's on the tertiary level. Yeah, it's not a new concept. concept. A concept but yeah. it just goes to show that maybe this is like something a wake-up exactly for here in africa Africa is a wake-up call honestly it's been it's been good honestly good time um, insight as to how online learning works and to the limitations and to the advantages we've learned a lot really and wealth of experience from um, mr samuel adenti yeah. here and of course um simeon's contribution we're so glad yeah it's been, sure I, yeah, it's been and yeah. always a wonderful time with you here if you're on yeah, the show yeah, so guys great. if you're just joining us we're like we're wrapping it up but <laughs> then you can still catch up um you know follow us on our social media handles on instagram on twitter even on youtube um, the show uh, links are always up there for you to catch up whatever you may have missed um so, so mr samuel do you have any um last things you like our, our listeners to get before you leave okay uh, it's been a wonderful time but um, i think all in all the lesson we can take home from this is adaptation we need to learn to adapt we need to learn to um learn to make compromises where necessary learn to um cut our losses where necessary and just move with the tide so yeah, it all comes essential. down to adaptation i'm yes. all for adaptation whatever happens always try to you know reinvent yourself to fit into whatever is happening at the time that's Drink great up. all yeah. for moving forward yeah just keep moving forward. keep moving so that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been good. It's cooling the air. Yeah. Lovely, lovely content. Until next week. Yeah. We'll my see. name remains Christiana Acha. And I'm blessing Warren. And our guest, Samuel Onoha and And Simeon Opeoloa Sodendi. So that's from it, us guys. Until next time. Bye. Have a lovely weekend. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast.